0: Hi everyone, this is Sydney Otomanchak from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Marcel Parajan-Teal from the University of Texas at San Antonio. He recently presented a webinar highlighting six simple-to-implement techniques to significantly improve rodent surgical outcomes. Let's jump in. Our first question for today is When you're using the press and seal with heating pads, is there any concern of animals overheating?
1: Well, definitely, because what you're doing, and we've actually seen that, that all of a sudden the temperature starts going up, but that's why far infrared or technology, or in particular, anything that monitors the temperatures. The temperature of the, of the pad is important. When you use those little discs, hand warmers and all that, you really lose control of how much heat. And remember, the hypothermia is an issue. Hyperthermia is also an issue. So yes, be careful with that, but you should always monitor the animal's temperature. Rectal temperature is most commonly used method.
0: Thank you. Our next question is asking if there is much of a difference if you were to supplement with fluids before or after the surgical procedure or is the point to give the replacement fluids in general? doesn't matter.
1: So you can get fluids before or after. When you do it before the anesthetic episode, you are preventing that drop on blood pressure, which is it will lead to really drop of oxygenation in the brain. So we require pre-op. There's some cases, especially if you have a you know, certain amount of blood loss, maybe another you know, injection post-op might be worth it too. But we always require pre-op because what we're doing is we're preemptively addressing the issue of a hypotension.
0: Okay. Thank you. Fantastic response. Our next question is asking whether you should press and seal or cling wrap all of your knobs, et cetera, once you have sterile gloves on. And should you change this for every animal?
1: So we have videos that shows you how to take it out. I'm not going to elaborate much on that because I gave you the link that you can just go and watch the videos, how to use it. But if you're going to place it on surfaces, you need to wear it surgical gloves, sterile gloves. And then if you need to do other duties after that and where the gloves will be contaminated, well, you remove them and you put another set of gloves.
0: Okay, great. Our next question is, would you recommend fluids for surgery that lasts less than 15 or 20 minutes?
1: It's not as important. The longer the anesthetic episode, the greater the need for fluids. So can I say 15 minutes is... We actually say at UTSA, just to, we say that even for oxygen supplementation, if the uh, anesthetic episode is going to last less than 15 minutes, we don't require, but we recommend it. Uh, Is that right or wrong? I'm not sure. But with fluids, it's going to depend how much you're going to have some blood loss in those 15 minutes, and you're going to have to judge that yourself. But again, the greater the time, the, the anesthetic period, the greater need for oxygen supplementation.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. We also have a question asking what temperature that you should warm the fluids to, ideally.
1: Uh, room temperature. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, animal temperature, which is about 37.5 or 38. I know that it is difficult to ask investigators to do everything exact. So we ask them that if you're going to be injected, at least you know someone can with a syringe kind of wet their rest and if it feels warm enough at least at least that but ideally 37 38 degrees in fact there's some there is a paper out there that was published several years ago that if you keep the animal's temperature about 1 or 2 degrees above normal body temperature that's favorable for the animal
0: okay thank you mm-hmm. do you recommend mixing isoflurane with pure o2 or Rumair, or is there not a difference what would you recommend
1: I know with uh, the Ken Scientific vaporizers, the sweet, for example, it, you can use it with room air. However, remember that room air is only 1% oxygen. And when you mix oxygen from the tank, that's 100% oxygen. So I know there's a paper published out there that indicates that there is little effect in the animal when there's 20, uh, the vaporizer is mixed with room air, room air, 21%. However, there are other papers, and I have a hard time believing that that's acceptable. However, other publications have shown that when you don't supplement, when you don't give the 100% oxygen or, I know in humans they don't use quite 100% oxygen, but it's favorable in terms of morbidity and mortality to mix it with the oxygen tank versus room air.
0: That was helpful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. If you're using press and seal, how do you make sure it is sterile? I think we had a few questions come in on this. Do you use UV lights? You autoclave it? How do you sterilize it before surgery?
1: So when I started using press and seal, started talk, speaking about it, different meanings. There was a company that started to sterilize it by ETO, ethylene oxide. And that's great if you want to do that. In fact, a, comp- a couple of companies started to do that too. Some Harlan, then it was called Harlan, now it's inotif, I think. But we found it that over time, the many times we've tested it, including the ones that we have published, that it really comes sterile and it stays sterile for a period of time. And we, you know, I encourage you to go look at the papers. We have tested it six months after locally. In the paper, I can't remember. I think it was what is it? Third in the JLAS paper, 30, 60 days we could ensure sterility because of how far? That's how far we did the testing with Ohio State. What we also encourage is the first foot of the present seal to discard. Let me refer you to our videos so you we show you real really specifically very easily how you really need to remove the present seal. Again, we've tested it six months after it was open, and it stayed sterile after six months. Again, that's our local data, not a published data.
0: Okay, great. Are there autoclavable enrichment foods available? This person works in a germ-free facility, and they haven't been able to find any.
1: I encourage you to go to uh, Clear H two O. I don't know who this person is from, maybe it's from a country where they have a hard time getting these uh, supplements. And if you're here in the United States, buy a surf, it would be a good one to go talk to, Clear H2O, and uh, that's, that's all I can tell you. And I know we buy our, our, our food, it's all sterile, our supplements are all sterilized, irradiation. Again, I've talked to you, a lot of you guys out there in South America and things like in Saudi Arabia and places like that. Uh, but special in South America, where you have a hard time finding sterile supplements. I will tell you, though, <laughs> that I know this institution that uses immunocompromised animals, and they use peanut butter from, again, I'm not advocating, I'm not promoting this, but they use peanut butter as a supplement for their cancer animals.
0: Very interesting.
1: <laughs> peanut butter from the store, that's what I mean.
0: Ah, huh. okay. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much. So, mm-hmm. our next question Do you use made for purpose face masks for rodent oxygen supplementation or other improvised items?
1: All of the above. There are so many rodent masks out there. There's you can intubate too. That's a tough technique. There, Ken Scientific has like these half masks that are really sealed very well. And there is, uh, there's all kinds of masks. Sometimes you can improvise. Some people use syringes and they adapt them. They put little, they put a latex glove over the opening of this of the syringe, and then they poke a hole. And then they place the nose into the latex or the nitrile glove. And so, yeah, you can improvise.
0: Uh Okay, fantastic. Is there a correlation with better outcomes and the type of anesthetic used, inhalant versus injection?
1: Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, if you uh, think about injectables, not all animals, even from the same stress, you give the same dose. Even siblings from the same litter, you give that one dose, one will do fine, the other one will may go into respiratory arrest or close to it. Because once you inject it, you just, and the animals going, oh, oh, you just get on your knees and you pray, please don't die, don't die. <laughs> okay. Now, with isoflurane or sevoflurane, you have a greater control over that dial. Definitely find it to be superior in many respects, in addition to the already mixing the oxygen with the gas, which is very favorable with the animal versus ketamine salicyne, unless you're supplementing oxygen. So, And then recovery, the, remember ketamine salicyne, for example, is metabolized through the liver in order to, and then it's urinated through the kidneys. And it takes a while for that to happen, for the, both for induction and for recovery. When you use isoflurane, isoflurane is almost 100% inhaled and exhaled. So there's no, barely any metabolism through the liver when it comes to isoflurane. I know there's some human data that shows that isoflurane, there's more of a 2 to 4% metabolism through the liver. but Nonetheless, it's pretty much mostly inhaled and exhaled.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune into future episodes where researchers, just like you, answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.